when do you want to think more strategically about finance and not only building out your financial projections, but really having insights in order to make strategic decisions for your business. Welcome to the Startup CPG podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Freitag. Today is our fourth episode in the First Hire series, where we talk about making first hires in marketing, finance, sales, and operations. So far, we've covered sales, marketing, and operations. So be sure to check out those episodes. And today's subject is finally hiring for finance. When is it time to hire a full-time finance person? How early do you need a bookkeeper? What functions within finance do you need to think about hiring for? Here to help us answer these questions is William Finkelstein, the Senior Vice President of Finance at Yamamoto Yama, a three centuries old tea company that also owns Stash Tea. Listen in as William covers the day-to-day of a first finance hire, considerations for whether to hire a freelancer, full or part-time employee, or an accounting firm, how to evaluate potential vendors and employees within finance, key metrics to track, how to prepare for your first finance hire and common pitfalls, and more. Hi, William. Welcome to the show today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Jesse. I'm very happy to be on the show. Um, You know, love, love Startup CPG, been to events, love what the organization does and happy to uh, participate in podcast. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited to have your expertise and your lens of the world on our series, the first hire series about finance. I'm just, I'm can't wait to hear all of your insights. I'd love if you could start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background as it relates to finance. Happy to. So I'm based in Los Angeles, Um, lived in uh, New York most of my life. And after after I got my MBA at NYU, focused on finance. And I worked in investment banking for a while, focused on um, clients that were consumer products companies and retailers. And you know, really loved when I was hands-on working at clients' headquarters. And that led me to want to become an operator. And for the past 10 years, I've worked at a variety of startup companies in the natural food and beverage space. Um, Sometimes I was the first finance hire. And right now, I work at Yamamoto Yama uh, based in Southern California. And you know we are the oldest uh, tea company in the world, and I am our senior vice president of finance. And yeah, it's been going great so far. Happy to be here. Awesome, that's great. And as some of our listeners uh, may know, because I've sprinkled in references to me being a big tea fan, it's it's super exciting to get to talk to someone that uh, even works at a tea company right now. It's like this is like the dream interview. So. <laughs> Great, great. <laughs> well, yes. I would love if you, you could kind of tell us a little bit about the framework for how you think about first finance hires. You know, if a founder says, hey, when is it time for me to hire someone in finance, either whether that's a contractor, fractional or full time, what what do, you, what do you walk them through? What do you think about? What are signs that it's time? I'd love to hear a little bit about how you think about it. And then we can dig in from there. Yeah. So, you know, a founder's time is very, very precious, very valuable. And 
some founders have um, a very good grasp of numbers or want to get deep in the numbers. And some are more creative focused and truly want to focus on branding, marketing, and sales. So it does depend on the personality and skill set of the founder. So it ranges from some founders who in the early stages, they want to handle the you know accounting books themselves and don't want any assistance, all the ways to a founder who doesn't want to touch anything related to accounting. So usually really is getting to know the founder and um, how they want to manage manage their business and what they want to focus on to assess the timing of the of the first finance hire. So you know f- finance can be um, you know finance is used broadly, uh, but w- w- what is finance? It's often considered accounting, anything related to capital raising, projections. So when we talk about finance, um, there's multiple um, multiple functions within finance that a, a startup or, or founder um, would want to leverage. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That that made me kind of think like, because sometimes you see people hire a part-time bookkeeper or which isn't necessarily the same as hiring a fractional CFO or something. There's lots of different pieces that you can, you that are part of the finance uh, function. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, if, um, if a startup is in the stage of raising money from friends and family, um, pre-revenue or um, just a few, a few wholesale customers, then, you know, a bookkeeper, um, you know, a part-time bookkeeper can be very adequate just for maintaining, really focus on maintaining the books um, as opposed to doing anything very strategic. And if you're a founder or startup and you're looking to shift to more strategic, then beyond a beyond a, a bookkeeper is something that you really want to start to look look at. Are there thresholds of revenue or you know numbers of employees you're at or or any kind of signs of like okay maybe it's time to start thinking more strategically or reviewing these reports more regularly or can it really be done at any time? I'm curious about your thoughts because you know really you could bring someone in very early to look at your your cost of goods and your margins and but is that the right place to spend money early on is it better to wait i'm curious about the timing factors yeah yeah that's a that's a great question and you know many of my answers maybe it depends cuz you know there there is um different skill sets of founders but to really hone in on your on your question more is that when the when you know in terms of the, it used to be easier to say oh at this revenue threshold is when you start to hire a cfo or when you start to hire um you know an accounts payable or accounts receivable when you've grown beyond um a a, a bookkeeper and that's when you know we were in much more of a uh, when cpg companies were almost completely wholesale right so um there was less actual financial transactions going through the business so the way to really think about it is, you know, the accounting or finance factory within your, within your company. How many transactions are going through that? How many expense transactions are there? How many, how many invoices are there to customers? 
you know, am I primarily direct to consumer where most of my transactions are perhaps on Shopify uh, platform with my customers, which there's a high volume of transactions, but they're much more simple. So perhaps a bookkeeper can still handle those. So it, it is more complicated nowadays to have a pure threshold. But, you know, as many as others, you know, who've um, been on this podcast may give advice about when to hire in general is, you know, you start to, um, especially when you're trying to really manage your expenses tightly in terms of growing your staff, is when you really, you, when you hit a pain point, you really start to feel it. And and that's that's an indicator. Yeah, that. That makes sense. And what has it looked like? You mentioned that you've been that first finance hire sometimes. Can you tell it could be from a multiple roles or one role that stands out to you of like, what did that really look like day to day? What were you doing? What was it like being that first person coming in? What were you having to figure out and set up on your own? I'd love to hear a little bit more about what it's like being that first first hire. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's an exciting experience being a first hire at a at an early stage CPG company in, in in finance. You know, sometimes the companies have had a bookkeeper already and sometimes there's just been no function at all um in the accounting area and the founder's been handling it and you know, coming in as the finance uh the first finance hire, you really your real goal should be to be bringing in structure and process to the organization. And, you know, accounting really um, touches many parts of an organization. So it's a really good opportunity for both the incoming finance hire, as well as the uh, management team or, or founders and rest of the organization to start to welcome more process and structure to the organization. As at, and really day to day as the first, as a first finance hire, you're processing, you know, you're issuing invoices, uh, you're making sure that uh, expenses are classified to the right account on the P&L or the, the chart of accounts. Um, you are uh, providing information about COGS or certain KPIs to founders. So it's really um, a, a critical part of an early stage CPG company. Right. And do you see finances, uh, a finance role being something that can fit well with, you know, either being coming in on a fractional basis of like hiring your first finance person as fractional or combining it with another role like operations. Have you been in that situation? How do you see that playing out? Is that a good way to kind of, you know, save a little bit from maybe hiring someone full-time in finance? Can you hire someone fractionally or in a combo sort of role? Yeah, absolutely. And I think of it as accounting can be you know, the maintenance or the required bookkeeping and record keeping of the company. Whereas if you're looking to truly have a finance function, it's it's when you want to use that base of, of numbers and data that you have from proper uh, record keeping with accounting to be more strategic and really inform the decisions that you as a founder and the management team are making, um, whether it be big decisions about um, whether to enter certain geographic markets or whether it be if this product line or SKU uh, makes sense. So it really, that's when you get to start to use uh, the finance function strategically. Do you need that someone in-house immediately? Not necessarily. It, it's a nice to have. 
fractional CFOs are great, whether it be a CFO on your outsourced bookkeeping firm that um, is available on a part-time basis that's well integrated with your outside accounting um, accounting bookkeeping firm. That's definitely a, a great opportunity to leverage that knowledge and and skill set while not having to bring on a full-time hire. And that can work very well um, through the first few years of a company. Yeah, that makes sense. And on the topic of bookkeeping, because I feel like this is a this an it's an important topic and building block that's part of this conversation. Do you see, you know, in your experience when you've come in as that first finance hire and you know, having had a, a company's had a bookkeeper or they haven't had a bookkeeper, would you say that a company should have a bookkeeper pretty early on? You know, is that something is that a really key function? Is it something you can wait to get caught up on later per se or try to do yourself? Like what's, I would love to hear your view on when a bookkeeper should be brought in, how early, and then how does that help help set up your finance hire if you've had that? Yes, certainly before, you know, as soon as revenue is starting for the company, should definitely have a bookkeeper. The more you wait, then the more of a mess your books become, and then you run into issues with not being able to understand what you're actually spending, what your cogs are, and then you really you're kind of flying flying blind, and you know it could lead to delays in filing your income tax returns, not having financials ready if you need to pitch to investors. So it's it, it is it is very critical, and if you have you know, minimal revenue initially, you know, not lots of transactions going through the business as I as I referenced before of thinking about the accounting function as almost like a factory that you're running, then it's very it, it's relatively very low cost. So that is not something that you should neglect early on. And for bookkeeping, do you recommend finding someone through a firm. Bookkeeping is kind of a, it, it seems not as uh, as regulated as maybe some other functions of finance and accounting. A lot of people can say they're bookkeepers. Do you recommend, you know, just finding someone and letting them run or using a firm, getting recommendations? How do you recommend finding a person that's kind of, you know, they're really in the weeds on their business. So you want to find the right person, but also at, a, at an affordable price early on. Yeah. So I recommend a dual path approach that you should, through your networking, or you can reach out to me, that there's there are individuals, freelancers, who do do part-time bookkeeping, some which have you know some CPG clients, some which have all CPG clients, and at the same time be speaking, and those are usually lower cost solutions versus um, some of the um, CPG focused bookkeeping firms that um, exist out there now, which may be more expensive initially, but can really set you up well for a long term relationship. And they have you know tremendous knowledge and expertise that they can really help you with with growing your business. And it, you really have to see what you're most comfortable with and what what you can afford. But at, at the least, um, it should be someone who understands. CPG companies versus a bookkeeper who's worked with you know services based companies, um, that would be more tricky for you. So really should try to find someone who's worked with uh, CPG companies previously. 
Yeah, absolutely. I've I've been on the hunt for a bookkeeper before and interviewed people that that didn't have any any, you know, physical product experience and it 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 just was like, mm, this probably just isn't going to be a fit because I don't know everything as the client and then also the vendor I'm talking to is asking me questions about how, you know, how this accounting works in this industry and I'm like, mm, like I'm I'm this isn't probably right the, quite the right fit. I need someone that can help tell me how to set this up within CPG. Um so that makes a lot of sense to try to find someone that has some of that experience. Yes, absolutely. And someone who understands where on the P&L and income statement some of the costs that you have are supposed to go. There's often confusion especially with first time uh, founders entrepreneurs in the CP in the CPG industry of you know what goes into cogs versus you know, your SG&A and operating expenses and there are you know it does vary through what gap generally accepted accounting principles which is what you know larger companies and what investors expect to see your how your income statement and your financial statements are presented there's different way different areas that you're accounting for in COGS and um, SG&A expenses than the way you may actually think about what should be go, go in COGS. So it definitely is helpful for someone um, who's a book a bookkeeper or to be able to, to have that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've also seen getting tripped up on running on accrual versus a cash basis of at some point you start on early on, you run on a cash basis, then maybe you want some investor funds or you're applying for a certain type of loan and they want to see your you know finances in uh, accrual. And that can be a switch if you don't have someone that, that can navigate that, help you navigate that. Yeah, that, that, that's a good call out, Jesse. And you know, as I referred to GAP before, accrual accounting is um, required, required by GAP. And for those who don't understand, you know, cash accounting is literally when, you know, a customer pays you um, is how you are accounting and recording um, for your financial transactions. But in the accrual accounting world is when you issue that invoice is when you're actually recording the revenue and then you are waiting to be paid, which is your account, account receivable. So it, it does, it does make a difference candidly and, and you can get away with it for some period of time and i have seen that when especially when someone doesn't have a part-time uh bookkeeper who's a founder but there is a you know, finite period of time where you'll uh, you know receive an excuse or get out of jail card um for accounting doing cash accounting versus accrual yeah that's helpful thanks for adding some extra context to that and and on this topic of, I feel like finance is one of those areas that can be really overwhelming. And as you mentioned, a lot of times founders are getting into, they're starting a business because of their creativity or the ideas around the product and the vision and the marketing. And finance is something that is can be overwhelming and hard to get into. What can founders do to either prepare for hiring their first finance person or even a bookkeeper to educate themselves? Like what level of education do they need to have themselves? Are there resources they should be looking into if they're feeling, you know, overwhelmed? And, you know, how can they kind of set themselves up for success to work with who they're going to hire in finance and accounting? Yeah, I would, I would recommend that 
if they have advisors, um, especially if the advisor is a former founder or someone with at least a little bit of accounting finance knowledge, that they are included in the interview or vetting process for that part-time bookkeeper or the first finance hire. And you know, if, if you're on your own and you don't have anyone that's assisting you with the interview process, then you know, really ask you know, the basic questions and, and try and ask that that candidate for to explain things to you. Like, hey, I, this is the type of transaction I'm doing. How would you account for that? And really make them explain it to you as if you know you're in elementary school and you know nothing about accounting. And if they can explain it to you where you understand and it clicks for you, then you know you have the the right person. Yeah, that's a great that's a great interview tip. And I also wanted to differentiate a little bit. You you mentioned earlier, like when you're looking for bookkeeping, you know, sometimes uh, firms will have like a fractional CFO that you can have on your account and. When hiring someone like yourself, that's a first finance hire, are you, I'm guessing that you're usually working like in conjunction with someone that's a bookkeeper. You're not necessarily being hired on to do the bookkeeping and then all of the strategy, or are you sometimes? I'm curious about how that how that looks and what works best for someone like yourself with a lot of the strategy and and bigger picture finance experience. Yeah, well, well, someone. Um, if it's a very early stage company, you know, zero or minimal revenue, someone who has um, lots of finance and accounting experience may be such an early hire that they are doing all the bookkeeping. And that is also a very good way for that first finance hire to really understand the guts of the company so that when they are starting to build out a team, whether it be internal or external, um, bookkeeping that they're able to properly manage it. So that can be helpful at times, but you are losing out as a, as a founder on having someone who has a lot of finance and strategic finance experience. And by having them, uh, for more than a a short period of time doing your, um, detailed, um, nitty gritty bookkeeping, because then you don't get to take advantage of your more strategic resource you have in that finance hire. Yeah. And what what are some of the other functions that that need to be covered? Maybe they're by the first finance hire, maybe it's a couple different people, but I'm curious, you know, you mentioned a little bit like accounts payable earlier. We talked about bookkeeping. What are the functions that, you know, are related to finance that are going to need to be covered as your company grows? You know, which are all of them can, you know, can they all be rolled up into one person? Have you seen people um, have them outsourced between a lot of different fractional people or use a firm. I'm curious about kind of covering all the different functions. But, you know, first of all, what what would be all those different areas that you need to be thinking about eventually getting coverage for? Yeah. So accounts receivable, accounts payable, inventory accounting, financial projections, so and budgeting. So for accounts receivable, which is issuing issuing invoices to customers and receiving payments for from customers, and that is um, often when you're when you've moved beyond bookkeeping and you don't have anyone internally in finance and accounting. That's often a first hire that you would do internally because you always want to be servicing your customers 
best. Not that you want to neglect your vendors, but that's often you know, getting the getting the invoicing right. The more and more volume of invoicing transactions you have, the more and more SKUs you have, the more complicated it becomes to outsource that. So that's what I recommend as the first. If you're building out a finance a finance team, um, whether it be from the ground up or from the top down, you might have a CFO, VP of finance, director of finance, higher. But then for building out the the junior, um, more transactional team, I'd recommend an accounts receivable specialist or analyst. Or and then for we mentioned accounts payable, that could be a next step. So accounts payable, you know, receiving invoices, paying invoices, um, vendors, suppliers. There could be a specialist. Uh, someone who really focuses on on that as the next hire. And for inventory, inventory accounting can become, uh, depending, it may be very simple if you know you have three or four SKUs and at the end of the month, you just account for it and it's an easy um, accounting entry. Or if you have many, many SKUs, it, it, it can be more complicated. And that, again, would be something more more difficult to work with an outside firm to work with. if your company has more SKUs and um, more variety of where your product and raw your finished goods and your raw materials are stored. So it really, you know, think about is the number of transactions, the number of customer transactions, the number of vendor transactions, the number of inventory related transactions. And that's, you know, really when you could start to judge, oh, is this number of transactions, is that a part-time job? Is that really going to take up you know, five days a week for someone? And you can really think about it like that and make, make good decisions that way. Right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And on the accounts receivable side, if you're, if you're sold through distribution and have deductions as part of that, which it's a combo of accounts payable and accounts receivable, because generally they're just, you know, those bills are coming straight out of your your checks coming to you from from Kehi and UNFI and reconciling those is that usually kind of part of that accounts payable role? Do you need to hire someone that understands deductions, or does that end up being a you know a completely separate separate vendor or person sometimes on the deduction side? Yeah, th- there are you know it's a very important part of accounting for from early stage to to mature. CPG companies and ensuring that all those deductions are actually um, appropriate. So I'm, I'm happy you brought up this topic because you know I, I have seen founders spend a lot of time going you know going over all the paperwork from UNFI in K. It's frustrating and it's not tapping their potential for what they're uh, you know could be growing the company with. So sometimes a bookkeeper, part-time bookkeeper, has knowledge. And sometimes outsourced bookkeeping firms that are specialized, you know, specialized in CP industry can be um, helpful in accounting for the deductions in terms of verifying if they're correct or not. They're sometimes okay, sometimes not the best, but there are specific um, firms that exist in, you know, in our, our industry that focus uh, or have a primary focus or significant focus 
on managing deductions for CPG companies. And what that means is you receive a deduct, you receive, you know, bill back deduction from a UNFI, a KE, or different distributor retailer, and you can literally forward it right on to that, you know, third party or outsourced firm, and they will evaluate the deduction and see, oh, was that the actual for the promo you ran? Is there an error? They will classify it properly for your uh, expense accounting. And the, the key part, I think, critical, which often causes lots of pain and suffering um, for founders, management, um, finance teams, is disputing and managing the dispute process for any deductions with the distributors, retailers. They will take that fully on. So that is something that you know I have um, been in companies where we didn't outsource that. And, you know, I got deep in the weeds on it and disputes and it winds up taking up a disproportionate amount of time for your finance team as well as management team. And it is, you know, something that um, would be great to outsource if you can, because there are firms that specialize in it. So I highly recommend that. Right. Yeah. And then are there key metrics that you recommend that founders either start tracking you know, before they they make their first finance hire, or even a even a cadence of reviewing certain parts of the business, because I I kind of see it as if you if you build the muscle early on of thinking about your finances and your accounting, it's a lot easier to just make it a core part of your business than you know going along for a couple of years and then realizing oh shoot we got to start paying attention to all of this so are there things you can think about early on and metrics to track or you know cadences of reviewing that you've seen work i'm curious about your thoughts yeah yeah absolutely you know there are there are you know many of the metrics um, early on are more sales focused metrics than uh, than expense focused metrics which does make it easier to track without having a you know fully built out finance team or internal finance person so you know on the wholesale side of your business what's your sales velocity um really the focus on that not your total sales but your sales velocity not your total doors but your sales velocity um you know how many how many units per store per week are you selling and that's really key for you in assessing the performance performance of your product, of your brand, and is it really resonating with consumers? On the, you know, on the direct consumer side, if you're a full DTC company or if that's just a segment of your business, you know, working whether you're handling that internally, um, still fairly uh, relatively easy to be tracking what your return on investment is if you're doing digital advertising. Now, what is your cost per acquisition? And you know, if you're working with an outside um, agency for your digital advertising, they're probably providing that to you. So, really, for the you know the majority of the initial key metrics for your for business, your business, you can count for that um, on your own. In course, it's um, better for you to not be doing the calculations yourself and have someone. Um, internally helping you out or externally. And, but of course, um, you know, when investors are focused on and what you should be focused on besides the top line and sales, what your velocity is and your you know, repeat purchases and retention is that 
you know, what is truly your COGS and your gross margin, which, okay, in the initial stages, it may not be where it should be in the long term, but is there a path to that? And so that is something that you should be, you know, sales is much, much easier to be tracking on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, whereas actual that your actual cogs and gross margin do require more bookkeeping and proper accounting to get your true um, your true cogs and your true gross margin. So that's where you know bookkeeping uh, internally or externally really does help with you being able to understand that because without without a path to um, strong gross margin then you know, eventually you could only um, have so much top-line growth without that. So I highly recommend that being able to properly account for your COGS and fully loaded COGS and gross margin is, is critical too. How often do you see you know, founders that are, are really in tune with this information? You know, how often are they reviewing this kind of info? How much time are they spending on it? Is there any, you know, best practices you've seen for for monitoring these metrics as well as far as a cadence? Yeah, for, you know, for um, direct-to-consumer side of the business, you know, it's very easy or almost too easy to monitor your sales performance. So, you, you know, checking it, you know, throughout the day or, you know, at least daily, which, which I don't recommend because, you know, you become too um, obsessed or overanalyzing the day to day. Um, whereas, you know, looking at more on a weekly basis at, at, at a, at a minimum and um, monthly, monthly more so. And, and when you're able to compare it to, you know, this month versus, um, the same month last year is wonderful. And because, you know, there are, there's nuances to every day and, and every week. And so to not get caught too much and, you know, too obsessive with, you know, performance each day of your business, like don't, don't judge yourself um, based upon a single day or even a, a single week. And as companies start to um, grow more, you know, I, I usually make a push to think about the business on a on a quarterly basis. You know, monthly revenue can be lumpy, especially with the wholesale business when you know an order delivered on the first instead of the thirty first, or vice versa. That's a big order that can throw off a throw off a month. But you know, looking at a quarter uh, on a quarterly basis, your wholesale revenue is more reasonable. Right. That's that's really helpful. And I appreciate your your note that there's uh there's such a thing as reviewing too much <laughs> looking <laughs> looking every day at every day's uh like e-commerce especially um can suck up a lot of time and just not be the most realistic view of what's actually going on. Yeah, you know, it, it it's 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 you know, it's difficult, you know, when when there's available information um you know, especially we're used to instant gratification and you know you want that positive feedback loop right away but many of the you know key qualities of success in uh, growing your company is is patience and not getting hung up on you know one day or one relationship or one customer so it's a good test or practice of you um really managing your time well and how you look at your business by not getting too caught up in 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 daily mm-hmm. This also makes me wonder if there are other like, you know, common pitfalls or, you know, mistakes or just best 
uh, worst practices, I guess, to to avoid as as you know, as you're hiring your first few, you know, people within finance and accounting or your first full finance hire since you've been that person, you know, what are some mistakes or pitfalls you've seen people um, make that, you know, that you can avoid or, or plan for ahead of time to, to you know, make it smoother? Yeah, I, I, I highly recommend that after you interview, um, whether it be an external firm, external bookkeeper, of course, internal hires, is speaking to their references. Um, even if you, even if it's a glowing, wonderful reference, then after you speak to that reference, you'll still learn a lot about how to work with that internal or external person. And it could be really constructive and valuable for you. As well as some people are, you know, interview very well, right? Whether it be a external accounting firm that, you know, the head of the firm is, you know, very, very salesy, very good at pitching you. Um, but who are you actually going to work with? Um, which is often when you're interviewing external firms, you don't speak directly, um, with who, you know, the team you'll be working with. So to really speak with references to understand how it truly works at those external firms. Yeah, that's very helpful, right? When we've talked about some of the other functions in this series, both in operations and marketing, we talked about how, you know, sometimes you you really want someone with a lot of expertise, but what you can afford is someone with not a lot of expertise. Do you see finances being a function where you can hire someone, you know, f- fractional or to come in and consult about how to set up your finances and your accounts payable and your bookkeeping. And then, you know, you hire them short term and then you hire someone longer term that maybe has a little less experience, but they can now run within what's been set up. Is that, is that a setup that works within finance as well? I'm curious. Yeah, that, that is, that's a, that's an potential excellent solution. If that's something a founder is comfortable with the, there's a lot of expertise experience in the, fractional um, CFO space or finance accounting consulting. And it's definitely, you know, it is with someone who's not hands-on is really providing guidance. You need someone to be executing. But, you know, in terms of, you know, finance accounting, it's not complicated math. It is addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. So, you know, someone without an accounting background um, can can be a you know a junior role that with guidance if they're you know a self starter or they take ownership and um, you know they've demonstrated their ability to uh, be successful in in an environment different outside of accounting or outside of CPG then it's possible I- ideally they do you know your junior hire would have some CPG. Um, experience, but certainly with a with a consultant, fractional CFO being more strategic, high level, and then a junior person that's executing and building out accounting and bookkeeping for you. That's that's definitely a, a good potential solution. Great. Was there anything else that you wanted to share on on this topic of first hires and finance? Anything that we missed or that you're that you really wanted to make sure everybody knew? Yeah, just to, I just wanted to, you know, would like to reiterate that, you know, there's accounting and, and finance and accounting is often thought of within finance. And just to, for founders out there to think about accounting can be maintenance and making sure everything's 
um, recorded properly? And when do you want to think more strategically about finance and not only building out your financial projections, but really having insights in order to make uh, strategic decisions for your business? And it's something that's good to become comfortable with um, sooner rather than later, but everyone has their own timing. And, um, but it definitely, it can be a valuable part of your business and uh, inform and influence the future success of your, of your startup. Great. That's, that's awesome. And I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about, you know, how, if people want to connect with you after this, where can they, where can they find you? Are you in the startup CPG Slack? And then also if they, if they want to order some tea, how, you know, how do they get some, some tea in their life? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Happy you asked about that, that piece of it. So um, if you want to connect with me, uh, yes, I'm on the Startup CPG Slack. You can connect, connect with me there, as well as you, know, you can check me out on LinkedIn. Um, you know, happy to speak to anyone uh, individually. You know, love to share as much knowledge as I can to help in entrepreneurs and founders' uh, success. And in terms of in terms of tea, um, you know, I currently work at Yamamoto Yama, which is a family-owned more than 300-year-old Japanese tea company and um, in our website, yamamotoyama.com, as well as um, going back several uh, decades ago, we also um, acquired Stash Tea, which is one of the uh, largest tea brands in in the US. And stashtea.com is another great place to purchase tea. Excellent. Great. Well, yeah, we got to cover so many of my favorite topics. Tea, first hires finance and CPG. I mean, we got to talk about all the good stuff. So thank you so much for for joining me, William, to share your expertise and knowledge. I'm super excited to share this with our community and just so glad you could be here. Great. Thanks a lot, Jesse. You know, really, you know, my pleasure. Really enjoyed speaking about this. It's near and dear to my heart and, you know, love speaking with founders and working with founders and entrepreneurs about how best make uh, strategic decisions and how finance and accounting um, can influence that. So very happy to have been able to participate. Thanks for joining us. This Startup CPG podcast is executive produced by me, Jesse Freitag. Theme music is by the Super Fantastics. We'd love to have you join our community of founders and experts. Get the invite at startupcpg.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. It's the easiest way to help us grow our community. See you next time.